You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. Basketball season won't be around forever. So get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot of millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now's your time to get in on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. It's a dr- kind of dreadful Wednesday, kind of shitty weather in uh, southern Ontario and uh, Louisiana, but we're back bringing another episode of Habs Nightly. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Yeah, man. Uh, last night, thank God it's today that we're recording because last night I was almost for sure the power was going to go out. It's just winds are whipping and it's rained just about 48 hours now, but uh, it's, it's okay. It's a little, a little groggy. Cause I guess like, uh, like I was saying before, like I love when it rains, but it just makes me so fucking tired. And when it rains in the spring down here, it's like on and off all day, all night. Yeah. I can imagine the rain's pretty brutal up here in the spring too, just constant, but down South, it's gotta be a different kind of animal. Yeah. It's uh, I like it. It's really peaceful and shit. The problem is, is that it, it, it like subsides constantly. So like in the, in the middle of rains, it's just like this hot fucking hot pocket of just humidity. It's gross as fuck. <laughs> but then it rains and then it cools off again. But then as soon as it's gone, it's like, oh, it's just fucking covered in wet napkins. Yeah. So the weather, you know, kind of being shit lately, gotta say. But I'm honestly like, I'm very torn because part of me just wants it to be a like summer weather, you know, like nice and warm. But the other part of me is thinking, like, if it's nice out and I'm still in a lockdown up here in Ontario, I'm going to lose my mind because all I'm going to want to do is go outside, go to the beach, do fun. Like, you know what I mean? So it's maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And hopefully- Not going to lie. It could have it rained the entire era of COVID. I think it would have made people feel a little bit better considering they wouldn't be like, oh, it's so nice outside maybe we can go do something yeah exactly 
And the, the only few days it was actually nice out, I was locked in my home. I experienced my first COVID test. I think we forgot to talk about it on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't get, have you had one yet, Corey? A COVID test? Yeah. Uh, I think I've had two or three. I don't get the big deal. I don't, it, it was like five seconds of discomfort. And then I was on my way, ready to go. Like I wasn't, I, I hear these horror stories. Everyone's telling me how bad it is. It's so painful. And I was like, wow. It's like, really not that bad. It's, it's just a little bit. I mean, bit some like, people's pain tolerance is different. And I'm not about to bash somebody for like, you know, their pain levels or whatever. But it's uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. Getting shot right up the fucking nose is terrible discomfort for sure but i i was expecting to feel pain like i was no, like i got more of like was, a burn feeling than anything yeah i, I don't know it, maybe they've, they've probably gotten better at it since uh covid19 has uh you know kind of taken over the world but uh <laughs> that's hope. enough what's that i said i would hope yeah you would uh that's enough covid talk i guess uh We've kind of, you know, what kind of episode it's going to be when we start talking about the weather. But we actually, uh, <laughs> we do have some good stuff to talk about. The hockey world's been booming. Uh, but before we hit the uh, big talk of uh, the hockey world those, these past few days, uh, I want to, you know, let's recap our game against Toronto. What a massive game for the Habs. Coming back from 2 0 once again. Another comeback victory. That's four in a row, I believe. And, you know, what a way to start your NHL career. Cole Caulfield scores the overtime winner <laughs> again on the team, loaded with the fan base that's been calling Nick Robertson, saying they're better, that he's better than Cole Caulfield. Caulfield's a bust, all this shit. I don't see them talking now. Nick Robertson's just busting away down there in the AHL. Cole Caulfield sending the Leafs home. What a beautiful, just, I screamed. I thought I was hyped after the first one, but holy shit, was I going crazy after the second. The second one was immaculate. I mean, they, they're both really good. Just the second one was just like, so, like you, I guess both of them, you saw it happening, you know, and you're just like, no way. He's not about to, he's not about to finish this, and he does. And you're just like, what, what in the fuck, like, uh, and of of course, it's the Leafs. So it's you know, the refs had to fucking review it to see if Armia blew on Jack Campbell, so they could call it off. Just ridiculous. But name a better duo in history than Jeff Petrie and Cole Caulfield. Once again, just sets him up a beautiful dish. Petrie's like we can talk about Petrie forever. Another three assist game for him. Just, I'm so fucking uh, upset with that, dude. Um, I dropped Petrie in my fantasy lineup because we were just so dog wash. Well, you're silly. Yeah, stupid, stupid. I picked them up. I mean, I dropped them because my goalies had everybody was fucked, and I needed a goalie. Now I'm in the fucking the final week, you know, playing for first place, and my fucking opponent picked up Jeff, Jeff Petrie. Petrie. And, <laughs> He's got six points, <laughs> six points, two fucking assists. It's uh, it's been tough just staring at Jeff Petrie smiling at me from fucking the other bench. I uh, I picked up Petrie and I've mine's a keeper league. I've had him 
on my team racking up points all year for me got through it but yeah just he's been playing phenomenal it looks like he's gonna have to keep playing phenomenal Shea Weber will not play in our next three games he might play against Edmonton they're unsure but he is not coming on the team's road trip um Price also remains uh to be seen uh Gallagher not gonna be back till the playoffs or into the playoffs but I want to focus a little more on that game. And sorry, it seemed like you had a thought. No, no, no. I just, I just thought about it. I was like, it's so weird to check, um, like the Montreal Canadiens website, and it's just all they have for Brendan Gallagher to do right now <laughs> is do like little interviews or like, like little, like fan stuff. You know, like answering questions. And it's just so weird seeing him just like <laughs> in a suit, you know, in, in his little leisure, leisure clothes, just chilling instead of like preparing <laughs> for a game. Fair enough. Yeah, but uh, we really, really need to talk about the coming out of Nick Suzuki. This coming out party he's had these last few days. It's uh, nine points, I believe, in his last seven, something like that. He's on a big point streak. Uh, I talked about how it's time for Ducharme to start leaning on his young guys, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, he benched KK in the last nine minutes of the Leafs, so we got some we got some progress. We got to get there, but he has given a lot of faith to Suzuki. Suzuki's found some amazing chemistry with Toffoli and Armia, and this guy just, you know, I think Arpan Basso put it best. He he used to have moments, right, where yeah. he'd flash his brilliance, but he's having so many moments now. It's just becoming one. It's becoming consistency. Yeah, and it's amazing to see Suzuki play the way he has, and what a perfect time! Right as we're in the race for third, that's a huge. If we can get third, we can make a push into the playoffs. Hundred percent. I truly believe that because we match up so much better against Edmonton than we do Toronto, especially in the first round. Like, I think Winnipeg's going to have Ehlers back. They're going to be more rested. Hopefully, Hellebuck will be out of this funk. If they can knock out the Leafs in the first round, you know, that'd be perfect they'll, for us. There'll be a fucking uh there'll be a fucking lynch mob for, for fucking uh, the, the Leafs organization. Definitely. And I do think this organization could beat the Leafs over a seven game series, but I think we're still gonna be depleted going into that series, and I'd much rather face Edmonton. Yeah, uh considering we have had Edmonton's number this entire season is just you know, obviously the way I would want to go, but uh, I feel like if we, if, at least if we faced Edmonton, uh, Edmonton, Jesus, uh, I feel like we would have a little bit more gas at the end of the, at the end of the series, if we were, you know, obviously to make it, to go on to the next one. I think if we just went against the Leafs, it would go to game seven and we'd be just about gassed up, you know, out of gas and probably have a couple of new scratches, you know, on our, uh, on our team, which is a, uh, end of the day i just rather Edmund and jesus edmonton yeah and you know connor mcdavid could very well steal a series by himself i think but i do think that edmonton's just not still not quite built for playoff hockey and i'm not saying we are the we are more built for playoff hockey than they are though mm-hmm. i just and think we have more solid pieces where more depth yeah they have a handful of guys that work but it's it's like, you know, a couple seasons ago, it's like, okay, Edmonton, you just got to 
out. You just gotta out school the first line, and you'll be fine. You know, they have and great players, just not a. They're not well depth. Yeah, it's looking like McDavid might be able to do that this year. Going up against Edmonton will be a hard fought series. If Deneau can play his best, though, mm-hmm. and limit, it sounds stupid to say limit McDavid to a point a game. It doesn't sound stupid because we've, you know, even at our worst, we're still doing that until I think two games back against them is when the first time he scored against us. So, I mean, we were doing really good. Yeah, um, but I'm saying you just it sounds silly to say limit a guy to a point a game. <laughs> well, when it's Connor McDavid, who's fucking. If you can limit either of them to just a point a game, you know, maybe one gets multi-point night, one gets one. I think you've got a pretty good shot, especially if Jake Allen or Carey Price can, you know, start riding hot. And at this point in time, I don't know who you ride going into the playoffs. I think Price doesn't get back before the regular season ends. Hot take coming in, you got to go with Allen because Price hasn't played. And when he has, he hasn't played well. So I really, really, really do think that you've got to just ride the hot hand until Allen has a bad game, until he makes a mistake, right? Like Price hasn't played an NHL game in quite a long time now. And I don't know if you want to start him off against a team like Toronto or Edmonton with that high. No, we've seen, we've seen that uh, happen. You know, that, that first game, excuse me. um, I believe it was this season, you know, there was a, a lapse in play from him and he came back and got washed his first game. And it was like, mm, maybe that wasn't the best to, uh, to set him out there against, you know, just a high, a high, you know, volume opponent. Yeah. And like, I just think Jake Allen's a phenomenal goalie. He gets a lot of rap, but our defense hasn't been great this year. I think it's been our biggest flaw. Our inability to score is up there too, but but I also think that the Jake Allen thing, it, it, it's tough, right? So you got all this backlash and his hate, but it's Jake Allen with a different team. It's never really Jake. It hasn't been Jake Allen with the Canadians. You know, uh, it's been St. Louis fans just saying like, oh, I, you know, I wouldn't trust Jake Allen with shit. Well, Jake, St. Louis was fucking trash. You know, they didn't have a piece together team. Uh, and we're not saying that we do, but he came over here. It's a new atmosphere. It's a different style. And he's excelling, you know, like like you're yeah, saying. Like, I kind of disagree, though. I think Allen was good in St. Louis. I think they. I just think he had great moments. He, I just don't think the team around him was. I don't think that that style of play was suited for him. I just maybe I'm maybe I'm a bit stupid, but I just think that uh, a lot of backlash from St. Louis was they expected to be better, but they just weren't, and they they left it to Jake Allen and. Maybe he wasn't ready at that time. He has developed, you know, like he's older. He's got more games under his belt. And I think this is just a fresh start. And he's just been running with it. Well, what I'll say is Jake Allen's first two seasons in St. Louis. It was monstrous. Our first three, he had a point nine one three, Then he had a point nine two, Then a point nine one five. Those are above league average. He then... You know, kind of, you could say slump, but it's league average, 0.906, 0.905 for two years. That was the cup winning season was 2018-19, right? I believe. And that's when Jordan Bennington was kind of taking over, kind of. So it's, it's a new experience for him, definitely, I think. And the following season, uh, as the backup, he 
0.927 in St. Louis. Like he played phenomenally this year in front of a far weaker defense. He's got a 0.910, which is pretty good considering the, not only the division that we're playing in, you're going up against on any given night, you're going up against Toronto, which has Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Edmonton, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Tyson Berry, etc. Winnipeg, their top six is just, you know, incredible. Even Vancouver, you know, they got they got fucked by COVID this year and some just other unfortunate circumstances. But that team, look at that offense. Patterson, Miller, um, Brock Besser, Bo Horvath, Quinn Hughes. <laughs> Even the Sens have guys who can put the puck in the back of the net. So on any given night, you're going up against a team that's going to score goals. And he's played well in front of a very, very shitty um, defense. And to put that into perspective, I just want to like comparing the stats because he's played 25 games in Montreal and he played 24 last year. So he had, 48 goals last year as opposed to 63 this year. He had 12 wins with only nine losses. He only had to make, he had to make 40 less saves in the same amount of games played. And his goals against average was about 0.5 better 0.4. I just think if you match up Allen with the defense he had in St. Louis last year, when you have Petrolangelo Edmondson was there. Vince Dunn. They have a solid blue line there. Um, I think Scandella is there still too. Um, I just think he would have put up very similar numbers. And I, when he's in net, I am not worried at all. And that's something I haven't been able to say about a lot of Habs backup goalies, but I don't know, like on that two on O with Marner and Matthews, if that was our backup goalie two years ago, I'm saying it's an instant goal. I was fucking nervous, obviously, in overtime. But when he makes that save, I cheer. But I'm not surprised, I guess, is a good way of saying it, right? Like, he's he's a phenomenal goalie. There was moments this year where he could have easily, if Carey Price, you know, like injury or not, there was moments where he was out playing Carey Price at the very beginning of the season, and it wasn't until Ducharme gave more reps to Carey Price to get him back in his rhythm, and then Carey Price was great. But there were moments where I could see Allen rising and just taking over for a while. Like, he just has played very well. Um, I I don't know what it is. You know, I just – he it's not that he's a, a bad goaltender. Uh, far from it. Um, I think if Carey Price isn't here, that's a that's a great price for a starting goalie. You know, is what we have him on. But uh, like you, like to I guess to reiterate back to what we were talking, uh, I think you do have to ride Allen right now. He's played phenomenal, and I mean, there's been so many losses this season where it was far from Allen's fault. Just was in control all night. And whether it be a, a rebound that's that's you know unstoppable or something like that, or or I mean even just the best skaters on a breakaway, you know. But he's hold it. He held his own this season. I don't see why you don't ride you don't ride with him. 
um, at least until Carey Price is, is, is available again. I mean, he's skating right now without his pads on. It looks weird, but he's uh, he was doing warm-ups today. Yeah, no, it still remained to be seen when Price is back. I don't think it's going to be before the playoffs, and that's kind of why I make that that assessment. Because I think if you can give Price reps and he's playing well, it's a no-brainer because we know how mm-hmm. Price can be. Price, on his game, which doesn't happen enough, I think still, we still say we could still be the best goalie. If not, he's still one of the best, right? Yeah, um, I definitely saw it last season. And But the thing is, I'm not entirely sold that Price is who we need in net. And I think it's a very tricky situation because Price, realistically, if he finds his game, could have a lot of hockey left in him. Mm-hmm. Look what Marc-Andre Fleury is doing in Vegas. Um, I think if Montreal were to move on, we have a young guy in Caden Primo who – I. Th- genuinely believe will be the starter for Montreal in years to come. And we have Jake Allen in the meantime. I think if Allen proves to you in the playoffs that he is a viable option in net, you have to talk to Price about waiving that no trade clause or that no move clause. Um, I don't know if you expose him at the entry draft. I think if you're going to, if you're going to make a move like that, you have to get something for him. If you ask him not to move, not to move it or to, you know what I'm saying? To waive the no move clause and then protect Allen. And then he gets picked up and, you know, becomes Marc-Andre Fleury. You're going to look like a fool. And I think it would be a awful way for him to leave town. But I just, I really do believe if Jake Allen can steal the net in these next few games, play well, play well in the playoffs if they give him the opportunity that you take your chance while you can, you move on from price. I just, you know, we talk about quite frequently, not just as hockey fans, but on this show, just in general about, Oh, when price is on his game, right. When was the last time price was on his game consistently? It's not, this isn't a standalone season. He had his kind of comeback year in 2018-19 where he put up 0.918. The year before that, he was a 900 goalie. And then the two years following, he was 0.909 and 0.901, which is below what Allen's doing at a much higher cost. Now, Carey Price is one of the greatest Habs to ever wear the jersey. I really believe that. And I wish we could have got it done. We, we wasted him. But it doesn't mean we have to go down with the ship with him, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, it's like our talks when we first started together of how you uh, – if Price has an opportunity to win the cup, you need to give it to him, you know, whether it's on I, and this I still team or not. That. I still believe that. But Price isn't going to have an opportunity to win the cup – if he continues to play like this, it's just not going to happen. Cause you're not, if Allen didn't play as well as he did this season, we don't make the playoffs with Carey Price in that. I don't think we do. 
I think Calgary beats us. Because you just you can't make the playoffs when your goalie's a 900 goalie. It doesn't happen unless you have a high octane offense that the Habs just don't have consistently. Right. And I know, I know like you might have a different opinion, but I'm just kind of, especially the way the team's been playing lately, it's really sold me to the idea. And it's not me trying to sound disrespectful of that, but that we need to move on from Weber and Price. That's um, $18 million in cap. Yeah, it's more of the, the business end of it. It's not the individual or the effort. Um, I don't know. It's such a tough it's it's such a tough and almost uncomfortable topic, you know. Um, it's almost taboo to talk about. Yeah, it's it especially it's like uh, as we go into the playoffs, it's like almost like uh, afraid to to talk ill, you know. Um, but definitely, I think you get a. This is this is definitely a, a topic that we should bring up later again, but uh, I think the playoffs is really going to be important for Carey Price and his, uh, you know, what 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 goes on moving forward. And another thing, um, kind of what Dominic Ducharme did when he kind of s- stopped doing the split role and kind of leaned on Carey Price more, uh, I think that if he tries that shit in the playoffs and Jake Allen's hot, I think we fucking lose automatically to bring in Carey Price, who's indefinitely cold, and then, you know, you're just going to throw him in a playoff situation against either Edmonton or Toronto, I think is just a – that's mm-hmm. a that's a scummy situation, you know. Um, and I kind of felt bad for for Allen uh, mid season when that did happen, because he was on a fucking roll. He was our best fucking goalie, considering Carey Price did have step up and have great moments, and did have a, a great string of games together. But um, you don't have fifty plus games, you know, in this playoff series. So if Allen's hot, you got to fucking rod him. You can't you can't try that shit that uh, Dallas did last year with. We're trying to bring in Ben Bishop, and you know he fucking has a hot dog of a fucking night, and just shits the bed. So, Regardless of how good he is, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you're saying, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, like, oh, Carey, Carey Price is back. The name's back. The you know the iconic player, the the player that can really change, make a difference. You know, in this series for us, who hasn't played in in a month, you know, or whatever. And then you have Jake Allen, who's been hot, who's been playing great with us, who has great chemistry with the team right now. Don't, yeah, and I just don't I, fumble because of this. This legendary name is ready and available again. You know. Yeah, and like I like, I, do I think Carey Price is fully capable of doing what he did last year in the bubble and just becoming a god 100%, again? Yeah. Especially with him getting this this little, you know, even if he's hurt, you know, this extra break, it's it's almost the same situation going into last year. You know, it yeah, just, but it extended longer. I don't think it's a guarantee. I think it's far from it. I think it's possible, but it's like gambling. Like, you know, is it possible that if I bet on the 500 to one underdog in the Kentucky Derby that just passed um, Hmm. that he might win? Yeah, but I'm not going to put the whole house on it, which is essentially what Bergevin and Ducharme would be doing. They're playing with their jobs here. And if they don't, if Allen continues to play well these next few games and they don't give him the opportunity, they reinsert Weber back into the top pairing instantly after the way, you know, Petrie, Sherratt, Edmondson have all kind of stepped up. If 
as all our forwards return, Suzuki gets, you know, pushed back down. KK's pushed back down. Caulfield gets relegated to fourth line minutes. If they don't, you know, if they do that, it's telling me that they are not scared for their job at all. And Molson has guaranteed it to them. Mm-hmm. And as a fan, I could not be more disappointed, I guess is what I would, they should feel like they're on the hot seat. No, I, uh, I completely agree with you. If they fuck this up because they feel that these, these players who earned it or, or the bigger name or the, the captain, um, deserve to come back and take minutes like just same thing as Jake Allen. You're going to take time from him. Who's just been phenomenal as of late to bring in a big name who is, you know, fucking stiff who is, has been, I don't, I don't know. There's no reason to limit the minutes of the people who have been shining and making it, making us win. You know, these games haven't been easy to win. So the guys that are making it possible need to fucking have the minutes, not the big names, you know. The continued lust and or need to only play our veterans and give them unlimited lives. And, you know, anytime our youth makes a mistake to throw them down, it's just, I think it shows an unwillingness to... Uh, what? How would I phrase this? To think forwardly, to be innovative, to you know, like have faith in your young guys. It's an unwillingness to show trust in youth, and it's an unwillingness to move forward. And this team, as every analyst has said, as every fan knows, as how many countless times that we have stated on this podcast, is only going as far as our youth goes. And I don't know if that's any more in the limelight and proven now than these last few games when Suzuki's tied us to get us back in it and Caulfield has had to score both of our overtime winners. Like, as happy as we are that he's done it, he's a phenomenal talent. Cole Caulfield, wow, like, what a way to start your career. The fact that it had to be him... In both games, like I, it makes me happy. But thinking about it, I'm not trying to take away from it. Think about that. It, it I think it just shows that our youth is what's going to carry us in these playoffs. Don't repeat history. You know, don't don't keep the veterans and, and then the glorious name players all the ice time, and then our our youngsters fizzle out, never getting a chance. Move, you know, move move teams, fucking. Yeah, and with that said, Montreal plays the Senators tonight. The final one of this season, too. Yep, the Senators, very important game for us to win. If we win, we clinch, basically clinch the playoffs. We'd have to go pointless in our next four, and Calgary and Vancouver would have to go perfect. (laughs) So, crazy. like I said, crazier things have happened. I wouldn't bet the house on it. Yeah, like Columbus Um, uh, two years back. Yeah, that was incredible. So if we can win this, points, we don't make it. Like, <laughs> and I believe does Winnipeg? Winnipeg plays tonight too, right? Uh, I will let you know in just a second. But uh, I believe so, because I think um, I have a couple of I have a couple of guys in my uh, fantasy team. Yeah, they do. They play Calgary tonight. So yeah, so that's a huge game. Um, mm-hmm. It's in a weird way. 
I know Calgary's trailing us. We want them to beat Winnipeg. We they beat Winnipeg. Uh, we passed them with a win tonight. Yep. So big Calgary fans tonight, and big Calgary fans we, tonight. We've kind of we've kind of dragged this out a little bit. Um, we kind of got off topic a little bit, but we don't. I think we said a lot of stuff we wanted. I to I think say. it was a good discussion, though. It's I, I don't give a fuck how far down off the off the trail we get if it's a if it's good material. So exactly. So with that being said, um, let's talk about the talk of the town in the NHL. Uh, Tom Wilson and the New York Rangers. Um, so right off the bat, before we even like get into it, right. I like Tom as a player. I think he's aggressive. I think he plays uh, a very old school game. Certainly I don't aggressive. Certainly aggressive. I don't like. It's so. It's so. It's, it's such a fickle thing to say you like, right? Because like instantly people are gonna be like Jesus. I think he is a great athlete. I think that there is something off with Tom Wilson, and it gives him that fucking edge to be as fucking insane as he is. Um. I don't always agree with what he does. Um, and then, you know, people are going to spitefully say, well, that's hockey and that's old hockey. But I think he's like one of the last players that try to play that old style. Uh, he very much reminds me of um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dale Hunter, like 100 percent. He's just like the the new era Dale Hunter. Um and both of them were phenomenal offensively and were a pest, you know, but I think this is a very questionable thing. I think that, uh, you know, there was moments where he slipped up in his past and he's definitely paid for it. Maybe not as much as he should, but there were moments where he calmed down and, you know, that shit kind of, kind of washed away a little bit. And then this season <laughs> things have been a little amped back up, but um, you know, there's so much that could play into, you know, what happened, but um, I guess we'll get your side of it. I, I like Tom Wilson, but I think that was a – that makes me not excited to say I like Tom Wilson, you know, after watching that. Tom Wilson is undoubtedly a talented hockey player. Um, if Tom Wilson didn't want to be a goon, he wouldn't have to be a goon, right? I think part 100%. of how he gets his points and his production does come – from you know simply just uh yeah he's given himself room which is a very old tactic right yeah i mean gordy howe fucking did it the but... guy does get <laughs> 40 points 20 goals pretty much every year mm-hmm. he's on pace for a career year this year say what you want he's a talented hockey player um is he a meathead absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. um dude's wires are not only crossed but like a cat is chewed at them or a rat, you know, and then they're all fucking sparked and shit. So constantly like capable of like flicking on and off. It's just. Yeah. And I think that, you know, part of it is he's supposed to play that way. Caps love it. Oh, caps. Capitals love organization it. loves it. I think any GM would love it. hundred percent. I was about to say it. I don't think there's one team out there that wouldn't want a player like that on their team. Wouldn't want Tom Wilson on their team. So now that I've gotten that out of the way, um, going back to that play, um, it's tough to watch and Panarin is going to miss the rest of the season. I absolutely love what actually we'll get to that later. Um, but 
my real problem with the play is not what happened to Panarin. I respect what Panarin did entirely. Caps fans will say, oh, well, he jumped on Wilson's back. Yeah, because Wilson was what Wilson was doing to Bishnevich is my true problem. Mm-hmm. What happened with Panarin, it was a tussle. It was a scrum. Wilson is just so out of his weight class, it's not even funny. And that's why it happened. I Do I think it was a violent play? Yes. Do I think the Rangers are just taking Panarin out for precautionary reasons, hopefully. Well, they also said that there was a um... – he was, uh, I believe, it already had like a lower body. Uh, they said injury. they said it. They it said was, it was un- unrelated entirely. Yeah. Okay, but, but you know, it is what it is. At the end, you can't go back and change the past. My real, everyone's upset about that, and I think they're focusing on the wrong part of it. What really grinds my gears and what really scares me is what he did to Bushnevich. The play was there was a scrum in the net, kind of, but it was pretty mellow. There wasn't much going on. And when Wilson has his neck or like has his stick on the guy's back of the guy's neck and starts hitting him in the head, Bushnevich is so defenseless in that situation. He can't do anything, which is what drew the ire of Panarin. The reason I have a problem with what happened with Panarin as much as I do that is because Panarin chose to go in there. Mm-hmm. Panarin attacked Wilson rightfully so to defend his teammate. He got thrown around because he was out of his weight class. If it's not Tom Wilson, that doesn't get talked about. But what he did to Bushnevich was not only dangerous, it was disgusting, it was boneheaded, and it should never be in the league. It should not be in the NHL. What I think is the most shocking part of this whole scenario is that fans are still surprised that he received no discipline everyone's shocked that the player safety didn't discipline this guy why why are you surprised right like the nhl player safety is continuously just a a revolving door for these retired fucking goons i don't care if george peros has a harvard education clearly any sort of intelligence that was left in that man's head left when Colton Orr threw his head onto the ice. Like you think that's, you think a guy like that after that scary injury that happened to him that ended his career would have more fucking sympathy, but he doesn't, he doesn't care. Gary Bettman has let the league down and getting to what I was saying earlier. I absolutely love what the New York Rangers organization said. They made a statement saying they don't agree with that. They think Tom Wilson should receive discipline and that George Peros is to quote them unfit for his current role, his current capacity in his current capacity, basically saying George fire, George Peros. And if I'm a Rangers fan, if I'm a Rangers player, do you not love that your organization sticking up for you? Yeah, I think you got to at this point. Um, I mean, you're supposed to have their back hundred percent, you know, but uh this has been i mean this this is almost like a movie like it's been leading up to something needing to be done with player safety and um the fact that teams are having to put out statements uh finally just getting so upset with player safety that they they have to write out written statements 
of their you know upsetness and then post it virally to not only just show that hey we're sending this to you you guys don't give a fuck well we're gonna put it out nationally so everybody can see what the fuck we wrote about it and just show how much you know how much you know this needs to change and how upset we are with it um uh just fucking i don't think people are gonna get upset that a millionaire gets fired right i don't think fans are gonna give a fuck but uh something has got to shake up with player safety and i like normally i am not one to like when we talked about i wanted julian fired right i expressed kind of like a um a feeling that obviously i don't seeing someone fired doesn't give me pleasure right when i'm saying julian when we were saying julian deserves to get fired we weren't you know giddy at the fact that a man was going to lose his job no but change needed to happen that's exactly. it's the business if, if they can tell players that's just the business well then why are the executives that are helping run the nhl not held accountable to that as well it's, it's and, just frustrating and the i think and it a big thing you have to point out when we're talking about calling for Paros's job is that Claude Julian's job didn't put players at risk. Paros is putting guys at risk in his current capacity. If someone gets hurt tonight, and that's the second part of the story. Oh, but Washington and New York play again. They play in yeah, about an hour. Um, I, you know, this is going to be the first Canadians game I get to watch, you know, since what was going on personally. But um, I don't think there's a single person that is like, I'm only watching my team's game tonight and are not flipping back and forth between the Rangers and because there's no way in hell. That is the number one game to watch tonight, regardless yeah, and of you're your fan or not. The NHL doesn't fucking love that. You're telling me Gary Bettman and his fucking boys aren't sitting there giddy, just fucking beating their fucking little two-inch cocks Jesus. to the fact that – they're going to have awesome TV ratings because everyone's tuning in to see a melee. Yeah. Watch tonight, tonight. Uh, it'll finally, uh, they'll, they'll premiere games ahead of schedule on ESPN and TNT and USA. And it'll all be just this one game. It's uh. ridiculous. <laughs> and I just infuriates me because you're putting TV rating and you know, you can say, Oh, it's not about that. It's probably so no, everything's about money. I think if you reach a point in your life where you realize, and I think I've realized it pretty young, every decision made in business and hot in just the world almost always boils down to two things, sex and money. This is about money. They care about these TV ratings. This is why Wilson's still in this game. They want to see. Oh this. yeah. They need dude. Tom Wilson, I mean, Ryan Rees is pound for pound probably the best fucking, you know, enforcer that's enforcer-esque that is left in this game. But Tom Wilson is 100% like the the fucking stupid Disney Channel, like, bad boy of the NHL. You know, like, there's a reason he's still here because his numbers are up and he makes the game, you know, enjoyable for people that don't know what the fuck's going on. You know, they just want to see someone hit. They want to see someone fight. Tom Wilson is the spokesperson to get all new fans in. And like you're saying, uh, Bettman and the NHL are just rubbing one out because they're like, oh, my God, like, if only we had the ESPN deal signed already. Like, this would be (laughs) phenomenal to have on television tonight. And I'm not – like, I'm a big advocate. I like fighting in the NHL. 
I hate the the way the refs try and break it up and don't let them. Go. I love fighting in the yeah, NHL. but that wasn't fighting last. But night. this, yeah, that wasn't fighting. And what's gonna happen tonight is gonna be is fucking so fucking beyond <laughs> stupid. Because first of all, the Rangers don't have anybody that can fight Tom Wilson. Chris Kreider is their the only guy on that roster that I can imagine, and he's not like as much as I dislike Chris Kreider as a player. For what happened, he's not a tough guy. So hey, someone's someone's gonna get hurt. Look, look it's what happens when they get rid of uh, Lemieux. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Oh well, I'm just it's it's ridiculous that this is allowed to happen. And like I said, someone's gonna get hurt. Um, it might not even be Wilson. You know, you want to protect. It probably this, won't be Wilson. It'll it, probably it, be Backstrom. Probably or Oshi, or Kuznetsov, one of those guys that, you know, you can't take out Wilson, you're going to go after their star because no. Panarin's a fucking superstar and you've taken him out. And this Rangers team isn't going to forget that. And it could all have been avoided if you gave this guy a suspension. And to just kind of put the cherry on the top of this whole situation, um, did you see – uh, Shane Gostaspear was suspended yeah, today. Yeah, two games. Um, yeah, dangerous play, no doubt. But I don't hundred percent, hundred percent. It's a slap in the. It's it, it's a pie in the face to uh, total to ac- everything that happened. Total accident, though. Yeah, yeah. Like not. I don't think it's, that's it's a suspended. tough look because of because of the replay faction of it now and and being able to slow it down. But um, it, it's just so stupid. To to punish oh oh we got to make it we got to make an example you know it's like hey they're not sleeping I just think it's that Shane Gostaspear is not going to punch someone in the face the next time they play Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and that's not going to get the ratings up so they can suspend him because we might disagree on this I don't think Gostaspear I don't even think that was boarding I think that Mark Friedman lost his footing. I don't think it was boarding. I think it was, if anything, it was, it was a trip or you can, you know, I don't, he like, he kind of like, it looked barely, like he kind of cross tracked them at the end. Like, as but he was, like, like barely made contact. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't, it wasn't a vicious play. I just think it was Gostas beard trying to make a play. I think he was losing balance himself, you know, trying to save the game. It's an empty net. I think it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, but didn't didn't uh, what's his name score from Pittsburgh off of that? Yeah, but when you're so, going so, but, that, but think about that. that if speed, he right? if he scores right, he's not his his body isn't like he's not putting his weight on his skates anymore. At that point, he's just gliding. The play's over. The play's dead. Right. I'm just saying. So when he gets I, he gets hit. It, it's it wasn't a big hit. It was just enough. For him, who was not stable on his legs anymore, just kind of slipped up and fell. It was a tough hit. He got up instantly, you know. Um, but just beyond that, I don't think it was. I think that could have been like a a penalty. You know, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have suspended him for that. There was no real injuries. If that wasn't um, penalized as an NHL fan, maybe as a Pens fan, you're a little upset. I wouldn't have been upset though. Is what I'm saying. And I yeah. just think it's it's so fucking peak NHL that that happens right after this Tom Wilson situation. And then to put the the fucking whipped cream on top of the cherry, the worst owner in all of fucking sports, he could not keep the Knicks down for his entire tenure. 
They have finally started playing good for those who aren't aware of the NBA. The Knicks have been shit for years. James Dolan, the owner, also owns the New York Rangers. And following the statement the Rangers made defending their players, he has fired their GM and team president. president. Um, I'm not a Rangers fan, so I can't speak too much on this. From an outside opinion looking in, I thought that Rangers rebuild was phenomenal. I thought they were doing very well. I think they got lucky with the lottery a few years, but getting Panarin, Zabinijad, um, their young goalies, like I seem like a good rebuild to me. It's kind of curious to, I just think this whole Rangers situation is a bad, bad look for the NHL. Yeah. Uh, not beyond the original six, right? So if you go back a couple of years, the Rangers and Montreal were almost in the same boat, right? We were very deep playoff caliber teams, both fell off. I think the Rangers recovered faster than us and have built a very successful team uh, in the last two years. Um, I think it's, I think it's a little, a little crazy to go ahead and fire the gym, the president stating that it had nothing to do with the comment um, that the Rangers had posted um, and, and, and basing it off of, of, uh, of, of a bad year. But I mean, look at, look what they had to deal with this year as a team, not, not just COVID. And then, you know, with, uh, with um, what's his name, Robin Leonard kind of putting the perspective of the, of the mental, you know, toll that's going on around the league, but they had Keandre Miller beginning of the year, you know, there's just racial bullshit going around, around him. The Tony D'Angelo shit, Panarin gets shipped to fucking Russia to deal with, you know, the allegations that was going on over there, comes back. They finally get their glue together and, and really start piecing together the, the, the final end of the season. He's out now. Uh, and then now this entire shit, like the Rangers, our Rangers um, affiliate is probably, this is probably the, if they're not playing good, at least they have something to talk about this season, you know? Cause this has been a, a wild one, not only just with COVID, but I mean, for them, for the GM to fire them because the, the season was kind of rough. It's not like they didn't have, it, it's not like they, they were just losing. They had extra problems going on with the team the entire season. Yeah. With the whole Panarin situation. Yeah. But, but no, you're right about that fucking, about, about the owner. He can't, he can't destroy the, the Knicks anymore. So fucking why not destroy the Rangers who were up and coming? I mean, and just, it's just stupid. Yeah, so a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll have to see what happens in New York tonight. I think definitely going to keep an eye on that game, although I'm not going to be switching back and forth. I'll probably just have it on my phone or something. Calm down, bud. This uh, <laughs> Habs game is going to be a big one, right? So. No, 100%. This is, this is a huge game for us, but uh, you, you would be lying if, if – You'd be lying if you said no one's interested in this game. Everyone oh, I'm, I'm is on Twitter yeah. on the hashtag Rangers versus you know Washington tonight. Um, I think I think players like Tom Wilson deserve to play in this league. Not the way that he plays, right? Like I think he's very, uh, I think he's a very talented player. I think that uh, his aggression is great, but but the the levels of what he of what he takes it to is what is you know not it's not for this yeah for sure um 
with plus, that, though, I think we're going to – oh, do you have one more point? I was going to say plus I think it has something to do with the training. That If you look at old enforcers, there was no UFC growing up for them, so you got trained in boxing, right? And and I don't think primarily anything to do with the other night had anything to do with the UFC other than kind of like that takedown. I don't really register it as a takedown, but I think that a lot of guys that do an MMA because it's a great training in the offseason, especially for guys who are more aggressive. I think that that style – Tom Wilson probably wouldn't have done anything like that if he wasn't doing MMA training uh, just because it becomes like almost uh, muscle memory, right? Is to try to take him down or, or to try to get him to the ground. Um, I think <laughs> like uh, if Tom Wilson was just strictly boxing, he probably would have just fucking teed off on Panarin until someone pulled him off. But I think that nowadays, and I mean, you see it globally, kids try to bring everything to the ground people fighting want to try to bring everything to ground, whatever you can do to get your opponent to the ground. It's obvious it's tactic, right? I just think that now that MMA is so big into training regiments is that this muscle memory shit starts happening. You know, Um, I'm not saying that the dude went out and tried to fucking start an MMA fight, but um, I think that it does have a bit bit to think uh, a bit to do with it because I mean, back in the day, yeah, this shit did happen, but um you were kind of considered a pussy if you hit someone on the ground. <laughs> you know, it's all about stand up. Fair enough. <clears throat> no, we, we close it there. Yeah. So with that, we're going to wind things down today. Uh, like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Habs Nightly and Corey at the Bayou Benders. And we look forward to uh, kind of giving you guys the rundown on Sunday after this whole uh, shit fest unfolds. We'll probably have a pretty clear playoff picture as to who we're going to face, who's going to be in the lineup. So it'll be interesting. And without further ado, uh, that'll be everything. And oh. you guys, oh, you guys have a great night, but shout out to the Laval Rocket for winning the Frank Mathers trophy. So you First guys have a great night. The future is bright. <laughs> so that, that'll be it for today. Thank you guys for listening. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on the show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. For He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts.